0: Welcome to the Prepare to Win podcast. I'm your host Justin Oliver here at Danley. Uh, being the new year, it's new year, new me. We're gonna go over um, some of the habits that you know will set yourself up to win uh, for the new year. That you know, a lot of people come through this time, and you know they they want to change their workout, change their diet, change their goals in life. You know, whatever they try to make these drastic changes. You know, at the start of a new year, um, when in reality, like. If you have those habits already formed, you shouldn't need to change them every year. Like, I'm not saying don't set goals for yourself. Um, I think goals are great. I think you know each year it is a time to like reflect on like, okay, what can I get done this year? Mm -hmm. But not necessarily like, okay, these are my new goals and I'm going to completely change all my habits, you know, in January of the new year and it's it's going to be great. Like, most likely you're not going to stick to those. You need to create small habit changes over time that become permanent habits. And then you need to utilize those for years. Um, you don't try to just make one big drastic change to your entire life come January. So, um, we can wrap that around a lot of things, but you know, the big thing is, is everyone in fitness starts to, um, you know, starts to look for, We've already seen it. Usually, we start to see it at kind of the mid-December, uh, early December point, and running through the new year, we start to get more, um, start to get more people asking about training. We start to get more people um, inquiring about nutrition is the big one, and um, you know, gym memberships obviously go up and things like that. But um, what we found most of the time, and, and you know, I've been doing this a long time, is that, that old, you know kind of thing that everyone talks about is true is that they last a couple months. It is a hundred percent true. Generally, um, you know, I try to take on uh, people that are a little bit more serious about their training. So generally they last a little bit longer, but on average, if we get a new gym member, um, in January, February, usually by June, July, they're gone. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not in, in a lot of times you'll see them kind of taper off in like April or May. You won't see them around as right. much anymore. Um, and then, you know, from a training standpoint, we do get people that want to change as far as like, okay, I'm going to become a powerlifter. I'm going to become an Olympic weightlifter. Oh, I want to do a show. And it's like, they don't even have the basics of working out really down, but they want to start competing right. all of a sudden. For some, it's worked out. For others, it hasn't, or they get that short term. Um, You know, adrenaline spike and and, uh, endorphin spike from it, and they're happy, and it's a new goal and everything, and they last, you know, a couple months. They last Mm -hmm. a year in the sport, and then they're out of it because they did it for the wrong reasons. Right, They did it for some sort of self-fulfillment instead of
1: um, making it more of a a permanent habit and priority. So when someone comes to you, the people that you've seen uh, fall off, that fall off, let's say, by... Let's say April. So you have like a four-month span Mm -hmm. where people are coming in. What are the big reasons that you find people dropping off? Is it a money? Is it a time commitment? Is it that they just had no idea what they were in for?
0: It's time commitment, I think. It's that they didn't um, expect. You know, A lot of people, what they do is they start working out and they expect to see these drastic changes within a few months. And while you can make... You know, especially if you're sedentary, you can make a lot of changes in three or four months, Mm -hmm. especially if you get your diet handled. If you are going to the gym, you know, four or five days a week, um, you know, it doesn't take like you don't need to be in the gym every day, twice a day, you know, strict diet, just some small changes. You can see some some big changes on people that are sedentary. But um, I think one of the big things is that people get into it and then they don't start to see those changes right away and they forget like it. It takes months and years to start to put on like a little bit of muscle yeah it takes months and years to start to get a little bit strong you know so i promise you if you're someone who's sedentary or at a lower level you are not even close to your potential within the first two or three years uh, easily i mean four or five years we can keep going but you are not even close to your potential it's that your mind tells you, okay, well, you know, in I shouldn't say your mind tells you, you, you tell yourself um, that you you can't do it, or you don't have the time for it, or you're not seeing the changes that you want as quick as you want. But those changes are probably coming. You know, I've had people that get, you know, quote unquote, stuck on nutrition, um, you know, three, four, five months in, but they're they're what they're not expecting is over those next three months the changes you made in those first couple months we're going to they're going to end up picking up rapidly over the next couple months you know i've seen things like that all the time it's like you're not stuck your body just needs time it's not like a continual linear process of i'm constantly getting better right sometimes you're going to slow down or what people like to say i'm stalled i'm plateaued or you're not it just it just takes a second to start to reach that next level so
1: There are a handful of books that I've read in the past few months that I thought worked really well with this. One of them, and it's really popular right now, is Atomic Habits, um, where he talks about this. And he actually uses the New Year's as -hmm. an example because he says that people will come in with the the wrong idea. And you can look up all this information about goal setting where it's like, well, you should make it specific and you should make it measurable. You know, smart goals versus other kind of stuff. But one of the things that he mentions in there is talking about that they look at a result as the goal as opposed to the process. Mm-hmm. So now everything that goes into it is a chore Yeah. that gets you to the end. And if you miss one part of it and you don't get to the end, you're like, well, all of that was useless. Yeah. Instead of saying, hey, I'm going to make it my New Year's resolution or my goal that I'm going to build a habit of going to the gym. Mm-hmm. And don't attach anything to it. Yeah. It's just like, I'm going to go to the gym. And then, as you build that habit, and that becomes easy, then it's like I'm going to make a habit of going to the gym. You know, instead of once a week, now we're going to go two or three days a week. Yeah. I'm going to make a, a goal of hiring a trainer with yeah. no fitness goal attached to it. Yeah, just and, yeah, just to get better knowledge, right, better insight. Everything becomes this evolution until it's ingrained in you. Mm-hmm. And then, if you have something that's motivating, like you were saying, with you know, doing a figure show, doing a powerlifting or a weightlifting competition. You realize that you really like doing it. You find out, like, I love barbell sports. Yeah. It would be great. Well, what is it like to go into powerlifting? Not to compete, but just let me try specifically powerlifting. Yeah. You're like, man, this is fantastic. I've been doing it for like six months now. Yeah. I, I think I'd like to try to do a competition. Yeah. And so it's, he talks about that evolution of There's, creating the habit like that. Well, it's kind of like you
0: said, like, there's people that will come into it and they'll attach too many things to it. So like, you know, they're going to the gym maybe. And then they miss a day. Mm -hmm. Well, I missed the day of the gym. You know what? I'm going to eat like shit today. You know I ate like shit today? That downward spiral. I'm going to go out drinking tonight. I've already ruined my day. (laughs) Go out drinking, you ruin your sleep. And then it just becomes a process of like, okay, well, Monday's here. You know what I mean? (laughs) Got to get back to the gym. And then it turns into like, you know, the next Friday, Saturday or whatever, it's the same thing again. Mm -hmm. So you'll see like the, a common thing is like people work hard, you know, let's say three days a week or four days, Monday to Thursday, Mm -hmm. you know, and then the weekend they fall off. They just eat whatever they want. They go staying up late, they go out partying, whatever. And it's like, you just wrecked everything you did that week. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially on nutrition side, it's like if you're on let's say you're eating 1800 calories, 2000 calories a day, um, you know, every day through the week, then you go out on the weekends and you're binging to 4,000 calories. Guess what? It all equals out. Mm-hmm. Like you're not, you just ruined everything you did during the week. So, um, that's, that's kind of a lot of the problem It's like if a lot of people just did small things. So like, um, back when I used to take on, uh, call it just kind of anybody on nutrition, mm. especially if people were like, I knew they were kind of center, I knew they were a little bit obese, things like that. Is I would just try to take out small things out of their diet at first. I wouldn't even have them track weight, nothing like that, because they're mm. not ready for that. I would just ask them like, okay, are you drinking, you know, pop every day, or are you eating, you know, out three times a week? Let's cut that down. You know what I mean? Right. Start with those small wins, and then you start to get them to like, okay, now we're on this diet. Now this is what you're eating mm-hmm. and and that's how they kind of cycle through it. And those people that like kind of just work that progression are the ones that had these massive, you know, I, cause I had the news, new year's resolutioners and those new year resolutioners, um, there's a lady that emailed me, um, sometime last year saying that like I worked with her, I think five or six years ago Okay, and she had emailed me and you know, we still like are on social media or whatever. She'll say hi once in a while, but like. Um, she had emailed me, like, I'm still using, like, everything you taught me. Yeah, And she went uh, – she, she lost, like, 70 pounds or something when we were nice. working together. And she's continued, and she's like, I've still, like, slowly – she's getting a little bit older, but, like, she's like, I'm slowly still losing, but I'm looking healthier. Like, I'm not as concerned about the right. weight anymore because I know I'm making the right choices for my health and yeah. things. So, um,
1: Well, that was a big part, and it comes – back to one of the things you mentioned before that I learned from you Mm -hmm. when I was doing nutrition with you where it's those accumulative wins Mm -hmm. and I came in for all the things that I know I was still guilty of doing it without realizing but I see it happen with people that I help out I came in with all this enthusiasm like I finally made the commitment that I'm going to come talk to you and I'm going to try and do this nutrition better and all that initial motivation is like all right, let's jump in the deep end let's do everything and you're like no no you're just like I don't want you to worry about what you're eating I'm not not going to give you numbers for like three weeks you just have to track I need to know what your food intake looks like and at first it's almost uh, uh, frustrating or aggravating because you're like Justin I came to you I want help and to be able to trust that like that is the help yeah, like yeah, that's no, where it has to start.
0: I'm not coming over and cooking your meals. Right. Like, there's no magic like pill I'm going to give you.
1: And you I know. mean, after a couple of weeks, you looked at and you're like, all right, here's what we're going to do, and this is what we're going to start with. A couple of weeks later, there was another little tidbit of info. Let's mm-hmm. do that. Another little tidbit. Yep. And then the thing about it, just like you said with the lady, is like those stick. You learn mm-hmm. how to find the ways that those fit you and what you're doing, and you just keep them. Yeah. Like, for years and years, you just keep that. Uh, But, you know, that's like you're saying, you got to build those gradual uh, victories in there so that it becomes a habit.
0: You can't, you can't go from nothing to like, I'm going to, you know, and some people have, I give it to them. Like some people have completely just did the change, stuck with the change. But for Mm -hmm. most people, you're going to need just like slowly to progress, slowly to take things in and out, you know, and, and understand like it's, it's now when you're starting January. Plan on a five-year process. Don't plan on a five-month process. Right. You know, that's kind of the thing. Um, and, you know, we all still post it. Like, we'll post all the time. Like, back, like, you know, years ago, where were we at, like, strength-wise and stuff. Mm-hmm. What people don't see is, like, when I'm posting five, six years back of how strong I was at the time or how fit I was at the time or whatever, it took me years to get to that point. Right. You know what I mean? That wasn't a
1: starting point. No,
0: that was, like... <laughs> That was already well into everything. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's kind of the big thing is like you need to realize like when you see people's transformations or something, mm-hmm. understand that probably wasn't, you know, day one, especially like the higher level people. You know, they would probably been on yeah. it for a few years and you're seeing just the change over the last four or five, six years. But that probably wasn't like their day one starting point. So the big thing with like competing and stuff like that, it's like anything else. Like when you get a new car, what do you want to do? You just want to drive that car, Mm -hmm. right? And it's exciting. It's new. It's all that stuff. Um, When you get into some kind of new form of fitness, that's all you want to do. Right. You know, when you set like, oh, I have this goal and like, I want to do it. Like, um, and and we all get like that. I've been like that when I had different goals, you know, growing up or um, like when I – you know, someone invited me to go do CrossFit and I did CrossFit. I'm like, holy shit. Like, okay, I'm going to gonna jump in. I'll give it a try or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it became like, okay, like it was the shiny new thing. I like doing it. Yeah. You know, and then each time like I moved to – I went to different gyms and stuff. It was like the shiny new gym, like yeah. to do it or whatever. But it it was all still like I'm on the same track of my goals. I wasn't like I'm going to gym hop. You know, I left yep. every gym for a specific reason. Um and it wasn't like, okay, I'm in this and six months from now, you know what? Okay, it was fun, whatever. I'm, I'm just done with it on to the next shiny new thing. Mm-hmm. There was always a goal. You know what I mean? And when I started powerlifting, I still like – it was the shiny new thing. I liked to do it, but I knew it was a long-term goal. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just something I did. I just showed up because I was, already had the habit of showing up to the gym. Right. I already had the habit of like – here's how to push myself in a workout or you had the habit of like, here's what I do with my nutrition. You know what I mean? Yeah. So things slightly shifted with nutrition and other things and just kept getting stronger. You know what I mean? And at that point it's like got competitive. And then as I got better, I got a little bit more, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I got a little bit more competitive. And then, you know, now it's at the point where being where I'm at, like now I, I, I know certain things I have to sacrifice. I know certain things I have to be stricter on. Yeah. But I know I can still live my life if I want to a little bit and I'm still going to be strong. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, yes, at times you have to sacrifice, at times you, you know, but it doesn't need to be this, oh, my God, I have to go on a strict diet. I have to uh, eat clean all the time. Got to be in bed at 9 (laughs) o'clock. You know what I mean? Right. Because you're probably not going to stick to that. So
1: Yeah, it's unrealistic. Uh, Like you are saying, though, you – had all those previous habits ingrained and when you decided oh I'm going to go switch this over or direct it towards powerlifting like competitive powerlifting mm-hmm. you're not building all new habits you're just modifying what you have to go to a different trajectory yeah. which i see people all the time um it was more so when i was uh, in college for uh, club gymnastics people would come out and they'd be super excited, like, the first two weeks. They're like, oh, I get to do gymnastics again. This is fantastic. And they're training really hard for the first two weeks when they come. And part of that is also the, like, showing up and wanting to, like, show off in yeah, front of look people. What I can do. Yeah, And then all of a sudden, those numbers start dwindling. And by the end of the semester, you have, like, five out of the 35 that showed up. Yeah. Because they realize it's going to take time. Uh, it hurts their body way more than it did before because they weren't training and they don't want to train appropriately to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And suddenly there are no habits that are foundations to let them keep doing it and they just fall off.
0: Yep. I I think that's uh, another reason for, you know, the, you know, we will call it what it is, the obesity epidemic is Mm -hmm. like, um, I saw this with a lot of people I grew up with and I saw this, you know, now that I'm getting a little bit older, the people that like, they got into their twenties kind of quit working out and then it turned into like, it was this revolving cycle of like, cause people would ask me if I could train them or write my program or help them nutrition. Yeah. And like, that's why I quit taking on people that I've like known in the past or family, anything like that, because I would have them come to me and it's like every single time it was a waste of time. They would last for like two or three months and be off of it. And mm-hmm. like, you know, then I'll see posts all the time. I'm on this new diet and then they're off. And it's like, in 10 years you've gotten worse like yeah that shouldn't be the goal it should be to get better and, and you know whether you think you have you know the time aspect or i have this i have that it's all excuses because i can show you people that have it worse or the same you mm-hmm. know or more priorities that are still fit and they're not like great genetic people and all that stuff they just made it a priority for years on end right you know we always talk about this me and me and Lindsay, like i'll joke like oh i'm gonna be old fat and stuff the truth (laughs) of the matter is is i can stop working out right now and i can you know eat decent all right and i'll probably maintain a lot for years it would probably be years before i would be anything that looked or resembled like dad bodish or fat or anything like that um you know or if like I went and I decided, you know what, I'm gonna run. That's what I want to do. And I became a <laughs> distance runner or something. It it's it would take a, a while to like knock off what was built. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So because
1: um, you spent so much time building it up to yeah. this point.
0: So that's that's kind of thing. It's just like anything else. Like if you um, you know, if you worked hard your whole life, invest in stuff and you became, you know, multi millionaire. And you just quit your job and you're done working for life Mm -hmm. and you managed your money, you know, kind of smart and stuff, it's going to take a very, very long time for you to spend millions of dollars as long as you're not being an asshole about it. You know what I mean? If you were just living life kind of as you normally were, Mm -hmm. it's going to take a very long time to do it. It's no different. You, you accumulated it over a very long time. It's going to take a long time for it to come off. So, um, same that goes in the reverse. If you've gained weight for a very, very, very long time, as we've told people, like, Semi bluntly is like, look, you've been unhealthy for ten or twelve years. It's not going to come off in six months, and you're just completely changed. It's going to be something you're going to
1: have to work out right. for years. You know, so like I understand yeah. that as a client, you had this uh, revelation in the last six months that you wanted to lose it, or you know, maybe even less time. But the amount of time it's going to take you to lose it is not. Uh, does not correlate with when you had the revelation. It's all those years prior that led you to a point that you had to have it. Um, I see that with guys who are getting into their mid to late thirties and all of a sudden they're, they have that one moment that is the eye opener. It's their come to Jesus. They're like, Oh man, I've either, you know, I've gained a lot of weight or I've lost conditioning. I've lost strength, whatever it is. And they want to be able to try and get that back. And they jump into something because of that initial fear, which motivates them Mm -hmm. of what they lost without realizing all the fitness you might've had at one point in your life, 15 years ago, 15 years yeah. ago. Um, the amount of time that you've been away from that, yeah. you're not going to come back to that yep. in a couple of months,
0: nine times out of 10, they hurt
1: themselves. Right. Too. Yep. It's like, well, this is what I remember doing. So I'm going to jump right back into that. It's like, yeah. no, but this is why uh, I always push. Like you have to work with someone on this mm. kind of thing because uh, you know, Coming to someone like you, whether it's for nutrition or if it's for uh, general fitness or for something specific like powerlifting, you need to be able to have someone f- help you to figure out where you start.
0: Yeah, where to, that's important. Yeah, And how, and how to progress right. smartly through that.
1: Because um, if I came to you as a client and I said, hey, I want to get into powerlifting, uh, I want to do a competition, and you said, why? Hmm. And I said, I don't know, it just kind of looks fun. That is a very different conversation than me coming to you saying, I really want to do powerlifting. Uh, I want to do a competition in the next 18 months. Here's my background. I've done fitness. I've done this. Why do you want to do it? Well, it's, I've been doing barbell sports for a while now and I really enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, even on paper, if the strength program might not look very different, mm. it's two completely different approaches yeah. for that client you need to have someone help you figure that out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I, I remember you know back when i used to work you know when i first started becoming a trainer and like again i've I've talked about this before is like you try to work with a vast array of clientele and nothing's high level but just a vast array mm-hmm. of people so you can um, understand like what works with certain demographics age groups things like that and like what to do in certain situations and there was plenty of like elderly people that i worked with that you can't like sometimes it was literally starting out with like bands and machines Mm -hmm. you know two sets of whatever reps very light and like the motion i can't describe you how easy they would move everything but they would come you know back later at times and be like i was sore from the other day a little bit you know but if you took that person and you made them push to like damn near failure on every rep and like you know, you put them through that workout. You know, some of these people that are like sixty years old, you <laughs> might have put them in the hospital. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I think a lot of people, um, especially people that just become like online trainers, um, I don't want to go off on a tangent on this, but they don't under <laughs> they don't understand that stuff. And you see it a lot in like CrossFit gyms. I've seen it a lot where like people get trained as if they're younger, and it's like that person just started working out, mm-hmm. just started, um, you know doing CrossFit itself, you know what I mean? Like you cannot expect them to work out that way at right. that intensity and like with those weights and things, you know. Sometimes it's very, very, very simple stuff that they need off the start. To, to kind of bring that all back together is like your starting point is not going to be the same as someone who's been working out if you're looking to be a little more competitive or even if you're just looking to up your, your, your game on fitness and stuff. Mm-hmm. Your starting point is not going to be the same as someone who's already been kind of in this, you know, for three, four years or five years or whatever. They just haven't took it like completely serious right. and stuff. Um, You know, I had a nutrition client over, uh was it last uh winter into like the fall here? And she had, you know, always ate pretty healthy. She, she'd avid workout girl, like four or five, six days a week at times, like, you know, she she did all the things, checked all the boxes pretty much, mm-hmm. but we cleaned up the diet. We tweaked some things and stuff. And I was just like, hey, like, you know, send me over what you're doing. And it was like classic, like got her workout from some fit girl online or whatever. I was like, hey, I was like, how about this? Why don't you get on my templates and let's just see what happens? You know what I mean? Just try it out. And it was amazing. One, like her body started changing very rapidly at that mm-hmm. point. But then two, like... She was like, I f- like, can actually feel that I really work out with the stuff you have me do Yeah. versus she was already working out, but it just wasn't the right stuff. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and she was someone who worked out all the time that still got sore from this, still still, still like felt that, she, okay, I really worked out. Not that like soreness is like the ultimate right, driver of workout, but, work out, I know but you, mean. you get what I'm saying.
1: So understand everyone's going to have a different starting point there, but. The other thing that I wanted to make sure to mention, um, the idea of like motivation, mm-hmm. I think it's great that people, they hit the new year and they have this goal that they want to come in and well, I don't, know, I don't know, lose weight, improve yeah. fitness, whatever it is, uh, become competitive. Motivation is like few and far between. and does not last long, especially when you're first starting something that you mm-hmm. haven't spent a lot of time doing, you will lose motivation really quick mm-hmm. because Unless you have those habits in place, when the soreness kicks in, when the early time in the morning rolls around that you have to now get up compared to what you used to before so you can make time for this, or you're doing it after work when you normally go home and watch TV or whatever it is, it is so easy to be like, eh, I don't really want to do this. I'm not motivated. If you're relying on that new year's resolution motivation, that is why things fail going into February, March, or April.
0: You you have to make it part of your day too. I think that's the kind of big thing. It's like people who you ask anyone who goes to gym all the time and you know eats good and stuff, mm-hmm. if they um, don't have a day to work out or like post meat, like when I you know I'm not working out as much, I'm like shit. What do I do? With what do, my I, do? What do I do with my day here. Like I got a, I got a lot more time. Um, you know, or like if you're eating good, I promise you you get your diet good. If you eat trash for you know, few days, few meals, whatever, you'll start to feel it, and you won't want mm-hmm. to eat that way. So, um, you'll you'll be amazed how much better you'll feel. But yeah, the mo- the whole like I'm um, so motivated, I'm this and that that doesn't last. And you know, it's it's like you said, like it, it has to be from within. It has to be um, for yourself, and it has to be a habit. Right? You know, it can't be for any other reason.
1: So you have to look at the steps along the way as the, the goal, the motivation to create the process as opposed to the motivation to achieve something yeah. like you have to be motivated. And it's great that people get excited and they pull the trigger, mm-hmm. you know, walk into a gym and come talk to somebody to help you out with nutrition. Like, that's great. That got mm-hmm. you over that first hurdle. Do not rely on that same energy no. and excitement to carry you through the rest of it. No. Cause trust me, you get a couple days in, it's not exciting no. anymore Uh, it's just a lot of work
0: i think the other thing you know is invest people need to invest in themselves like you see um and you'll notice look at the posts we put out yesterday Mm -hmm. compared to other gyms posts other gyms are all about like oh we have this challenge sign up for our you know eight week get fit program whatever the Mm -hmm. jump start to the new year eight week this 10 week that 12 week whatever um, all these gyms are putting that stuff out, and we're here challenging you, saying like, "Look, if you want to make yourself better, there's no specials, there's no deals. We're not giving discounts. We're not doing challenges. You're gonna come over here, and you're gonna get better. Mm-hmm. If that's what you truly care about, then you're gonna do it. You know, if you're looking for the 12 week quick fix, you're gonna you're gonna do that 12 weeks, and you're gonna be right back where you started. Right. And you know, the other side of that is, like, people look for those deals. So it's like, oh, it's $100 for three months of this. I tell you now, if someone's charging you that cheap, it's bullshit. It's, mm-hmm. it's not going to get you anywhere. Um, you know, not to say there's not templates out there you could do. Okay.
1: but We're going to have that one person's like, here's a example and yeah, how yeah, you're wrong. Like, yeah. yeah. There's exceptions.
0: But, like these, like, you know, you'll see it, like, sign up for our classes and it you know breaks down to like two dollars a class and this and that that class is just it's getting you moving sure but it's not actually going to do anything for you long term they're not teaching you anything right and that's kind of the big difference with us is like when you pay us what we're asking is you are paying us because we're going to tell you and teach you Mm -hmm. what to do and um if you just pay attention, you're going to learn a lot through that process. Right. And we're probably going to end up changing your life completely, to be honest. I mean, it's happened how many
1: times, but we are as good in January as we are the 11 other months. Yeah. There's no difference. January is the month that you decide that you want to come in and sign up. Great. I'm glad that you're motivated and excited to do that, but we don't need to run a special or Mm -hmm. a challenge in order to make that happen. Yeah. And that sounds, Um, it sounds like we're boasting. Yeah. Um, but That's I can tr- speak from true. personal experience yeah. where, uh, the work that I have done with Justin when it comes to nutrition was genuinely life-changing. I do not use that phrase mm-hmm. lightly. Uh, there was a point and I don't know if I've said it before and but I know I've said it to him where, uh, I sent him an email after I think it was like four months of working with him. And I was like, I'm waiting to have a bad day of practice. Yeah. And he asked why. And I said, because I never go this long feeling this good. Yep. I'll have a couple of days where I feel good and then I crash because my nutrition was terrible. And I don't mean like I was eating bad. I just, I wasn't eating enough and I wasn't eating at the right time. Mm-hmm. And by that point, I had started to learn enough where I was really seeing some massive yeah. changes. Yeah. And being able to keep that ever since has been life-changing.
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, because we'll get, we'll you know, like I said, we'll get the emails, we'll get this and that. You know, people like it's not like we charge an outrageous amount by any means. We're actually kind of below the market as far as like, you know, where we're looking and coaches we see and things like that. Um, I'd say, you know, for me I'm probably about the average uh price range or something like that. But like the other coaches, like they're still they're still fairly fairly priced. It's not cheap right. by any means, but it's not overpriced at all. Um and some of like the packages we have for different stuff are just <laughs> I mean, it's a steal. Yeah. Um, you know, and even like my nutrition. I mean, I know guys that in, in other systems that I mean, we blow them away all the time. We're a hundred dollars cheaper a month. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you, you gotta, you can't just go with the big, the big system or the big insta following and all that stuff. You have to kind of do your research and find that there's. It's like anything else. Like, you can go into this store. And buy this or this website and buy this. But if you just search a little bit longer, you're going to find the same product, you know, same quality, same piece for a little bit more affordable price. Mm -hmm. That's all there is to it. So um, anyway, we'll go ahead and get into some uh, questions that we got. Hopefully that helps people uh, understand that habits are important to set realistic uh, goals and expectations and just get to it so what questions we got
1: all right let's start with yours how to target the posterior chain with a shoulder injury for example using the ssb for squats
0: yeah, this this one i was kind of um i mean it's it's a open-ended question of what's what's the shoulder injury right, i would want to know that you know are we talking impingement are we talking you can't retract um is it something in the joint you know like what what is it we don't know um but assuming that they're in the um you're talking about the ssb bar i'm assuming then there's something to deal with either retraction or you know uh, maybe maybe it's coming from peck maybe it's coming from the front of the delt something like Mm -hmm. that to where they can't reach back um and get into that position properly Um, you know again we don't know but um Just assuming you have a shoulder injury, there's plenty of things you can do that for the posterior chain that don't really involve it too much. If you're able to hold on to a bar, you can do things like RDLs. Obviously, Um, you can do single leg work or even double leg, you know, dumbbell RDLs. Mm -hmm. You can do the belt squat. You can, you know, there's there's countless things. Like you could always jump on machines if you absolutely need to. Right? There's no. Again, if you're injured, you need to learn how to work around it, and working around it could mean jumping on a machine at the time or using whatever's available to still work your posterior chain without
1: utilizing the shoulders at all. So, yeah, definitely be equipment. Dependent with like what you yeah have what you to. have
0: yeah what you have access to. But, but if um,
1: you're using a reference like SSB, you're probably in a location that has other equipment mm-hmm. um that you'd be able to use. And yeah, you might have to MacGyver some things in order to do it. But coming back to the idea of the injury being really important, it also gives you an idea of how long you're not going to be able to go back to the squat yeah, the way that you were, and you know, that can change the the question a little bit. So if you have like hey it just bothering me i need to back off for like a week all right mm-hmm. well here's a plan do this instead as an yeah. alternative but if you have something where uh you have let's say a pec strain and you can't get into that position you probably won't be in that position for maybe like six weeks mm. well okay that could be a different conversation where yeah we can still look at all of those exercises yeah. for the posterior chain but we might want to be a little mm-hmm. bit more careful on what we select so that you can actually fit that into the programming yeah. in a better way there's there's again i mean it's, there's so
0: much you can do too it, what i would say is <clears throat> first you want to obviously find out what positions it hurts in mm-hmm. don't do those <laughs> um that's kind of the biggest thing um and then modify accordingly to like whatever your goal is also so it might be something like if you have a a, a glute ham machine like there's a lot you can do there mm-hmm. as long as again like you're being mindful of that shoulder. If you have to like kind of hold your body up to get on there. Um, but you can do GHRs, you can do different, uh, extensions and things like that. Um, if you have a kettlebell, you could, again, if you can't raise that one shoulder, you can still do a single arm kettlebell swing. Mm -hmm. You know, I wouldn't do it extremely heavy. Um, but there's all kinds of things you can do. It's just, you're going to have to find what doesn't aggravate that injury. And then, um, what you're able to do mobility wise, maybe it doesn't hurt. Um, but maybe you can't move it into that position. So, you know, those, those things might be knocked out. So for example, like if you can't get into a straight bar, um, but you can get into like a Buffalo bar or something. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then as long as there's no pain there, there, I don't see a real problem with jumping into a a Buffalo bar and using that instead camber bar, you know, kind of same thing. Um, but it just depends on what you have access to, and again, what the injury is. So,
1: let's. Uh, I'll throw something out there. Let's say they they can't hold a bar, or they can't hold weight at all. They can't put a bar on their back in any way. They can't put anything in their hands. Mm. Um, so limiting them to let's say belt squat and leg press. For yeah, examples. unless you have
0: a leg curl or something. Uh, yeah.
1: okay, we'll throw a leg curl in there with it yeah. too. As Without knowing anything besides that, which might make it hard, as a strength coach, would you want to take anything else into consideration for number of days a week or volume? Let's just, you know, again, assuming
0: what you're saying that we we only have access to those couple yeah. pieces, what I would do, and again, this is all going to depend on your level of fitness and right. things like that. But then I would shoot for, um, if you did a two day a week or maybe one week or one, one day you go... Um, a little bit heavier in the next days like reps mm-hmm. or you could go to um, you know one day's reps and then the other day is more of a slower tempo work okay things like that um, I wouldn't stretch it to three days just because you're you're probably gonna get enough overload out of two days um, with the um amount of machines or like things that you can actually do yeah because you know assuming that too as long as again you have a decent balance you could be doing things like lunges and stuff like mm-hmm. that also um so maybe you know if you are a little bit higher level maybe you can do two days of weights and then the other day is more of um a little bit of body weight just getting the body moving okay. so you could do things like box step ups box side step ups mm-hmm. Um, you could do lunges and stuff. Maybe you do a small circuit of things like that. And then you work mobility that day or something. Okay. You know what I mean? So there's all kinds of ways to work it, but it just depends on your fitness level and kind of what your overall goal is and how, how often were you training your legs before and things like right. that or the, the lower half before. So All right.
1: there. Um, tips for low back and hip tightness from working a sedentary job. So this is a really common one, especially for people who uh, power lift, weight lift. But if you typically train with a barbell, you're going to have uh, something throughout your day where you notice that the back and the hips are seemingly tight. And I use that word seemingly because that's one of the first things that we would want to check. More than likely, yeah, the hips are going to be tight, but is the low back tight or is it fatigued from the position yeah. that you're in? So I would want to talk to that person to see what kind of position are they in. Uh, when they're at their sedentary job, how they're seated. Uh, are, are you leaning forward over a desk all day, so now you're stretching out the erectors in the back? Um, can we get you into a, a better position? Um, if it is like actual tightness in the back, all right, then we look at are you able to get up every once in a while and get some movement, get blood flow, mm-hmm. get things loosened that's up. That's one of the big things that yeah. a lot of people don't do is just get
0: up and move. I mm-hmm. mean, Stand for a little bit if you can do it. Working at your computer, if you, have, if
1: you can get a standing desk, yeah. that'd be great. You Those know, are really like popular right now. Yeah, It's uh, tracking how long you can do something before it starts to irritate, and then you just kind of set a schedule to it where it's like, hey, I can sit for 20, 25 minutes, and then it starts to get tight. Great. Set the timer for 25, get up, move around for about five minutes, come back down, treat it that way. One of the things that I've read in relation to this quite a bit is that it doesn't take very much to balance out the chronic sitting or the chronic position where if you have a little bit of activation, um, you could do a couple minutes of activation and it balances out, you know, the 30 minutes to an hour of just being seated kind of thing. Another really big one that has helped out and it's uh, been something that I've heard from a number of the lifters here is look at where your knees are in relation to your hips. When you're seated, are they at the level of your hips? Are they above them? Are they below them? Getting, uh, your, hips elevated so that your knees are below them can be something that helps to mm-hmm. take some of that tension off yep. from the hips it can be another one to look at.
0: Yeah. I'll even get up, you know, cause I'll work at my desk and stuff at home and um, like I'll get up and you know, besides my normal movement, I will do like a little bit of mobility, whether mm-hmm. that's like pigeon pose or um, just getting down doing like basic um, hip flexor stretches. There's some online, like if you, you know um, I can't remember the exact name of them, but like, the one you get in kind of a traditional um, hip flexor stretch or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then you you flex your core and you squeeze your glute as if you were trying to push your hip through. Yeah. But you're still in that position. And I think it recommends you do like 15 or something like mm-hmm. that per side. Um, stuff like that. Um, even like a frog stretch. Just things to like kind of open up the hips a little yeah. bit. You'll be surprised if you just do – those twice, you know what I mean. Yeah. Twice in the day, and then get up and move around a little bit. That will help a lot. Um, you know, if you do have a lunch break, like get out and move. Like eat, you know, eat your food, move. Mm-hmm. Or if you can eat your food standing up for a little bit, things like that. Um, if you want to get real fancy, you could whip out a band and start <laughs> start, start doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But um, it's all about you know what what you're kind of able to do. I know it, it's one of my pet peeves um, in. You know the job market is that uh, they don't allow their people to actually move enough but they also don't allow um, this goes to schools too um, don't allow for you to be able to have proper nutrition sometimes because you don't get a long enough lunch break or you don't you know what Mm -hmm. I mean Um, or you're not allowed to have food at your desk or something stupid like that Um, you know and and if that's the case if you are allowed to have food at your desk you need to make better choices but that's a separate thing so don't have the cabinet full of chocolates and everything else so you know oh, darn cookies and snacks yeah you
1: know. coming back to the mobility thing that's one where you know even if you don't work with someone to figure out where the tightness is the hips are kind of a complex area as far as mm-hmm. what can be tight and have it all kind of feel the same yeah as far as what you're experiencing so Going through multiple different types of stretches, don't just pull one up from online and be like, oh, that's the one I'm going to do. You got to try mm-hmm. multiple out. Yeah. Not just, you know, one time, but, you know, you go through, say, the frog stretch and you use that for a couple of days. Does it seem to be helping at all? Yeah. No. Okay, let's try Is a there's different some, one. Yeah,
0: I've done like, um, uh, what was it? I did tactical frogs for a little bit and I noticed it was actually making things worse, so I cut those out. You know, Sorry, the so, like
1: irritation yeah, through the air. Yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, like he said, like you have to kind of trial and error a little bit and use your brain.
1: Like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't have have to be fancy on what you're doing, but just make sure it's appropriate, you know, specific to you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right, moving on. How long should I taper before a competition?
0: That's yeah, that one's going to kind of depend on. I'm guessing. Well, we can tie this into powerlifting and weightlifting. I Mm -hmm. guess Um, that's going to depend on the athlete mm-hmm. strength, size, um, male, female, you know, a lot of things come into play there. Um generally like when you're tapering off um in powerlifting, it's gonna be anywhere from a seven day, ten day, maybe even stretching into like a 14 day taper. Um it that depends now. The people that are on the extreme end of that, like a 14 dayer, those are the guys that just took up you know thousand pound squat at four weeks out or something so it's going to take them a long time a lot longer to recover from those extreme lifts that they're doing for most of like a lot of people i'll work with i'll say is that last week is pretty much just a movement week the last um Mm you know if they're competing on saturday starting that program on a Saturday or Sunday or whatever from about Sunday, Monday on it's just movement from there. You're doing a lot of stuff at like 50% or even less just kind of moving around blood flow and
1: mild activation. Yeah.
0: And then um, the week before generally you're starting to taper certain lifts. So like the deadlift probably started tapering a little bit further out and um, the deadlift at, you know, whatever you're, Programming calls for 9, 10, 11, 12 days out, you know, kind of that last like real deadlift, let's call it. Um, That's already being generally tapered down. Usually people aren't taking their heaviest deadlift at like eight days out. Mm -hmm. Um, Now I've seen it. I'm not going to say it doesn't happen, but. um, And then typically like the bench, a lot of people will take a heavier bench a week out or so. Um, cause it's not as taxing. cause it's not as taxi on yeah. the body. That's kind of the last like real lift of prep, um, squat. It, it just depends. Some people take their heaviest at two weeks out. Some t- people take the heaviest closer to three weeks out. And again, some of those big boys like, no, it'll take their heaviest at four weeks out, mm-hmm. you know? So it just depends on, uh, so many things with the athlete. Um, I know with Olympic lifting, it's a little bit different because, their thing everything they do is a little bit more dynamic, um, so they're still taking lifts um fairly heavy at like six days out. I believe yeah. it is is that um they'll take a heavy snatch, heavy, clean and jerk six days out, and then they taper back from there. Mm-hmm. so now, mind you, during their prep, they're taking heavy lifts quite often. It's not like. You know, they might, they could be taking lifts in that 90% plus range, a high 80% plus range mm-hmm. uh, every few days. Whereas, like powerlifters, we're generally not, um, we're not pushing. Like, I'm not going to bench at 90% one day and 95% a couple days later. Right. You know what I mean? It's generally not going to happen. Um, you know, not to say it doesn't, but again, it just depends on the athlete and stuff. But being a little bit more dynamic Olympic lifting they um, they tend to taper a little bit closer into the meet. Um, I've even seen people that take a heavy lift on like Monday or Tuesday when they're competing on Saturday. Okay. So um, probably not the smartest to take it that close, but there are people that are able to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, like <clears throat> when they open up, they're opening fairly high too. So they might open up at a 92, 93% lift, um, sometimes even a little bit heavier if they are a upper tier like elite level like uh you know national level athlete you could see them open at 94
1: 95% so maybe even higher it's a conversation i've had with dan bell here multiple times where i'll talk about you know the need to recover going into a competition um and we get a little lost in the jargon of it and he'll say you know there are some especially high level athletes who have such a finely tuned nervous system for weightlifting that they need that constant stimulus or else yeah drops off quick right and you know they will be three days out and they'll be hitting something at what would look on paper as too high of a percentage Mm -hmm. and i'm not going to pretend to remember the exact percentages but when he said it 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 didn't seem to make sense until you think about you know needing to maintain that stimulus Mm -hmm. for a sport like that and that's why i think it's it's very sport dependent because you have to look at the different systems in the body Mm -hmm. and the amount of time it takes to recover from it like the tax from taking a really heavy deadlift, yeah, yeah, it is incredibly neurologically fatiguing, and you probably need those two weeks afterward. Yeah. Well, you take
0: look at you look at their sport real quick. It's like someone that snatches, you know, three hundred, they might squat six hundred, right? So it's like
1: as a percentage of what they're really able to do.
0: What's that? Even though it's overhead, and I understand all that, but the the actual taxation on the body, or if they're clean and jerking, it's like let's say they clean and jerk three fifty or so Mm -hmm. you know what i mean 375 like that isn't you know what i mean it's it's a it's a lot for the lift right but it's not a lot on their body compared compared to what they they can handle and that's why you'll see them um during their preps like they're still squatting heavy and things Mm -hmm. like that but that's where they save their legs as dan will call it like they they will taper back those heavier squats and things and <clears throat> then their nervous system's fully primed fully good they can handle those lifts and i know from experience like when i you know fucked around with olympic lifting like the more i lifted you know when i went through the cycles In those times when i was lifting a little bit heavier it was not uncommon to come in and i was lifting the same 20 30 pound range
1: mm-hmm. for
0: a few weeks on end leading into um whatever you know one rep i was gonna try to go for or whatever um it's not uncommon to take up near that the entire way up okay so um yeah it's it's just a different sport right it's a different game so
1: but it's all still it's important to say like it's all still a taper mm-hmm. like the coach is programming even though um you might have someone in powerlifting who can get away with hey i'm going to take a heavy bench mm-hmm. you know a certain number of days out um i'm going to take a clean and jerk at a certain percentage in order to keep that stimulus mm-hmm. you still know that it is done that way specifically for the athlete yeah for that sport and what yeah. you're trying to accomplish it's it's based on you know previous experience yeah you have to know becomes, how you react
0: to it It comes back to the that's why the more preps you do with an athlete the general generally you figure a little bit more out about them but, um, like th- that whole, the whole thing of t- tapering is to drop off fatigue, mm-hmm. but not drop off fatigue too much and also keep the nervous system awake. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The last thing you want to do is start that taper too early and their bodies unprimed. let's call it like they're not ready for that heavier weight. And then they get in there and it feels, <laughs> feels right. fucking heavy. Um, the reverse side of that, if you wait too late to taper them, there's too much fatigue still held. There's the nervous system still down, and they take off that weight, and it feels fucking heavy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of a fine line. Um, a lot of things do come in in the peak and taper, and that's the game changer. Peak and taper. If you if you screw that up, you you could be missing out. Especially should get a little bit better, you could be missing out on some weight mm-hmm. for sure. So,
1: so it's good to have the general uh, time frame, like Justin was saying like that seven to 10 days out from competition. And then it becomes an, an art of modifying appropriately mm-hmm. based on the sport and the person and you know what you're trying to accomplish when you get there.
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah. You'll see, um, <clears throat> I just kind of want to touch on one thing with that. You'll see like it's popular in like USAPL coaches and stuff. Now understandably, like if you're on PDs, you're going to be able to hold a little bit longer um but you'll see, you'll see these guys you know and we had a guy in here for years you know he kept doing it but he would take um extremely heavy deadlifts like four days out from competition squat heavy and everything he was still lifting heavy the week of the meet um so i've seen a lot of times where these people will take like heavy squat heavy pull on well, the mon- rationale for monday that. and tuesday um i think he was doing like the uh, i what method i think it was like the chico method or something like that he was doing at the time and their their whole belief it was like that one it was keeping everything turned on and primed and like you're supposed to treat the platform as just another training day and like it was just a basically you've lifted heavy so often like you're just you should be able to get on the platform and do that and what they what some of them don't understand is you're taking a model of like heavily dosed drugged athletes applying it to someone that's natural but then also um on the other side of that is like even for someone that's on you would not want to do that the week of but um you know he would do every single meet he would underperform in he would drop his deadlifts you know and it was like 30 pounds underweight that he could pull and things like that and god it was crazy to watch but every meet he he did it for like three four meets in a row for over the course of two years and never like, learned never learned wow. and you know maybe he got lucky and hit one lift uh well or something got mm-hmm. a small pr or whatever but it's like man if if that guy would have just like let himself taper who knows what he was capable because i think at the time he was like going for like junior american records and shit in usapl and it's like wow man if you just <laughs> if you just had a brain but um
1: little bit of science
0: yeah the whole the whole aspect of like lifting heavy during that deload was supposed to be the deload taper week uh there's no point you're not getting stronger that week you're the no. whole point is to drop off fatigue and feet come in fresh like you're not going to get any stronger in the last seven days of no prep you're already there yeah what yeah. you have you have yep it's done so yeah i think that's uh pretty much it for today so we can move on um not a whole lot coming up we're gonna have some uh some announcements for those who i don't know care <laughs> i guess I should say. <laughs> um you will be seeing some announcements about us running meets soon we did get approved um and cleared through the rps so um expect in the next couple months here are some announcements on meets that we're setting up for the fall um and then 2022, we should have a full meet schedule, probably doing about six to eight meets a year, not here, not in unrivaled strength, but, um, they will be throughout Ohio and Kentucky. So, um, hopefully you all look forward to that. You know, we're going to try to run them the best we can. Um, you know, I plan on us fucking up, you'll fuck up, everyone will fuck up. It happens. Learning process. Yeah. But, um, we're going to try to bring, you know, the best we can and, um, these will be mono meets. You'll have the monos and benches in the warm up room. Same shit that you'll be using on the platform. Um, you know, we're gonna not get overly fancy with some things, but we're gonna do it how we would like meets to be ran. So, hopefully, you all support that. Um, hopefully, you all join in. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it today. I, I don't got anything else. So,
1: uh, if you guys have questions, make sure to shoot them over in the Q and A on instagram um do you guys have questions on anything we talked about by all means feel free send a message and if you or anyone else is interested in signing up uh where should they go website give a call for what if they want to be a member if they've decided they're going to take things seriously yeah
0: (laughs) hey if you want to take it serious uh unrivaled strength gym at gmail.com uh that's the gym's email address you can send things over. We have a couple people that run that email. So um, we get back to people pretty quickly. If you have any inquiries, coaching questions, programming questions, nutrition questions. Uh, if you ever want to drop in, kind of the same thing. Email us beforehand um, because we are not always staffed. Um, and that way we can get you set up to drop in. So um, that's pretty much uh, all I have. So Sounds new good. year, new me. We're out. <laughs> See ya. Have a good one.